my soul Mountain high, valley low I'm gonna sing wherever I go All my life, all I know God's been good, good to my soul Mountain high, valley low I'm gonna sing wherever I go All right. Takes a little more to get going in these summer Sundays, I think. Get our energy going. Well, hey, we're glad you're here to worship with us. Thank you for being here. You can have a seat. Um, uh, especially if you're a guest, thanks for being here. There's a, there's a guest card in the back of the pews in front of you. If you don't mind filling that out and let us know a little bit about you. Uh, get a good way for us to connect. And at the end of the service, you can take that down uh, to the left, up the ramp. Uh, to the Welcome Center, and we've got a little place you can drop that, and we got a gift for you if you're a first-time uh, guest with us, and uh, you can meet some of our, our pastor and uh, some other folks there, so uh, please take advantage of that. So this morning, you've, uh, in your bulletin there, there's a survey, and uh, this may not apply to you as much, but we want to just put it before you anyway, so we're exploring the option of starting some connection groups at the 11 o'clock hour. But we want to kind of get a sense of who's interested in that and what that might look like so we can organize those groups. So uh, there's some information there uh, that you can circle. The first thing is just say, hey, yes, I'm interested. And this doesn't mean you're obligated. This just gives us an idea that, hey, this might work for me. You can uh, circle the age ranges. If it's your family, you just include all the age ranges as individual. You can put there, there. And then the class options, uh, there's three there. There's family class, and that's if, you know, if, if we have – uh, kind, of, kind of some uh, younger families with kids uh, that are interested, we might make a class that's kind of more of a family class. The intergenerational may be that uh, we have just intergenerational. It may not necessarily be around families, but we have all kinds of ages mixed up. And then uh, age groups, kind of more age groups separate, maybe an older adult, younger adult, uh, student sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and you can check all that apply. You may be good with all those. Uh, there may be one that's more specific for you. And if you don't mind putting just your name or your family name and then some sort of contact as, as we're going, we, if we have any more questions or we can just let you know what, what we've come up with, uh, that'd be great. You can drop these in the uh, offering boxes at the back. Uh, there's some more of these. If you lose one, there's some more at the Welcome Center and a box there to drop uh, as well. So if you don't mind helping us out with that, that'd be great. So thanks for that. <clears throat> So this morning, uh, we're, we're, the song set that we have and the songs that we're singing are really just about <clears throat> how God is, is, is good through everything, uh, that we can trust God through the good and the bad times and, and the, the, the humility that, that God uh, demonstrated for us on the cross. So um, that's where we're going with these songs this morning. And uh, we're going to stand and sing again. And I'm going to pray as you stand. God, we just offer ourselves this morning to you as we worship, God. We come to you recognizing that you are good. Uh, God, even though circumstances in our world and in our own lives may, uh, may feel heavy and like uh, maybe we're not sure you're there, God, uh, we want to acknowledge that you are God. And as we sing these songs this morning, God, let us be reminded of your grace and mercy and your goodness and your, the, the, you being the humble servant you were. Uh, to give us life and life abundant, God. So uh, just be with us as we sing. Help us as we uh, listen to your word and uh, that you may be praised and we may be changed. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, healing every life. I worship you, I worship you, you are here, turning lives around, I worship you, I worship you, you are here, mending every heart, I worship you. I worship you. You are way maker, miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. 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 Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. 
that my Jesus spilled, and now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Who the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed, and now my debt is paid. the precious blood that my Jesus spilled, and now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Through the sun sets free, oh, it's free indeed. Oh, that rugged cross, our salvation. for us, demonstrated on the cross, and that you're with us through whatever we go through, God. We thank you for just the way that you guide us and, and walk through it with us through everything that we go through, that you are the way maker and that you have shared in your scripture of, of the attitude that we need to have to follow you and, and, and the, the example that you set for us and, and how we should live, God. So uh, just guide us as we listen to your word and uh, continue to worship you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Good to see you today. Uh, Todd Green, our worship pastor, is on a vacation today. We appreciate Daniel McKenzie, our discipleship pastor, and the McKenzie Trio uh, filling in and leading worship today. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's thank them for that. Daniel and two of his sons... Uh, Carter and Davis uh, leading worship, and we appreciate them so much uh, uh, leading us in worship today. I want to share with you about some things in our church. Uh, we continue our Wednesday night outdoor services this week and uh, invite you to come at 6.30, bring a lawn chair, be a part of that. This week is Bring Your Pet Week. Uh, for kids, uh, we're doing animal stories in the Bible, and you can bring your pet this week. Probably the worst idea I've ever had is this <laughs> 
is this, but if you can control it, if not, bring a picture or whatever. Uh, we did stuffed animals last week. We'll be doing uh, uh, pets this week, doing s'mores this week. We invite you to come be a part of that. I want to share with you about an event in our church on Friday, June the, uh, July the 15th at 6.30 p.m., we're going to have uh, Hendon Hooker, starting quarterback for the University of Tennessee volunteer football team, will be here, and we'll be, he'll be speaking, sharing his testimony. We'll be doing sort of a panel to interview him, and this is called Night of Champions. Our primary purpose is to reach out to our football teams. We have three football teams committed to come already, 200 football players. We're still waiting to hear from a, a third team. We hope to have about 300 uh, high school, middle school football players here. We want to make space available to others of you after we know for sure how many football players. So right now it's not open. You'll have to have a ticket to get in. We expect it to be full. And uh, so if we have 300 football players, we'll make 200 tickets available. So we want to give our church family first opportunity. So next Sunday there'll be a one or two day window where you'll be given that access code next Sunday if you're here or on our, our social media, our Facebook, our Instagram uh, you can go to Eventbrite, sign up, get an electronic ticket or print out a ticket uh, so that you could come on July the 15th. Uh, we'll, we'll live stream it as well. And uh, so uh, I want to invite you to be a part of that. I tried to get him here for two back-to-back -back services so we'd be sure to have room for everybody. I guess they got to go to class or, or lift weights or go to football practice or something. I couldn't get him to come both times. So we got him for one, one service. And so... But even if you don't come, would you pray? Our goal is that many young men would accept Christ as their Savior that night. And so we'll be sharing an invitation. I'll be walking through a decision card at the end of that. Uh, so we're, we're excited about having Hendon Hooker here. And uh, he's written a book on scripture memory uh, for, for young people. We'll be sharing about that. So we're excited about that outreach. Would you pray with us for that? And we want to encourage you to come if you would uh, like to do that. Uh, you can get a ticket after next Sunday or for about two days, then we'll, we'll put it on our sign, we'll make it available to others, and we expect that'll be full pretty quickly. So would you pray for that? That's July 15th. Next week, when we know how many football players we have here, we'll, we'll uh, make that available to everyone. Uh, I want to just say a word of praise to God. This past week in the Supreme Court, Roe versus Wade was overturned for 49 years, had removed any of abortion uh, laws from our nation. And that's been overturned. And, and many of us have prayed for 49 years for that, since 1973. And I just want to give praise to God. Um, however you slice it, amen, amen. God be praised. However you look at it, thousands of lives will be saved because of that. And people will say, well, you can't legislate morality. That's one of the worst statements in the world. Every law is a reflection of some morality. You can't murder people because it's immoral to murder people. That's what, that's what laws are. Laws can't create righteousness. Only God can create righteousness in the human heart. But laws can limit evil and limit the destruction of human life. And I praise God for that. And um, I just want to share a moment of prayer, if you'll allow me, as we thank God for his grace upon our nation, it's a very rare thing for a nation to turn back from the brink of decadence. I pray that that's a beginning for our nation. Would you join me in prayer? Father in heaven, we want to bow and give you pray, praise for answering our prayers. We have asked that you would move in a way to overturn this bad decision. And God, you in your grace and working through human agency have done that. And we give you praise 
and we pray now for our nation, and we pray for those who will have children as we show them Christian compassion and love and care for them. And Lord, we just pray for our country that we will be a a nation that respects life and values life. I know it returns to the states now. There will be all kinds of state laws. But we just on this occasion want to pause and thank you for your grace to our nation and ask for your mercy and your guidance to our country in the days ahead. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. How do you get help from Jesus? I want to share with you today the attitude that Jesus blesses. That is how you can position yourself with the right attitude to receive help from Jesus. I want to tell you a story today about a woman who wanted Jesus to help her and he didn't want to help her. And at first he didn't help her, but finally he did help her because of her attitude. She models the attitude that Jesus blesses. And if you need help and assistance in your life and you want to turn to God for that, then this is the attitude that you ought to cultivate in your life. The story is in Matthew chapter 15. We'll also look at a verse or two in the parallel account in Mark chapter 7. But primarily Mark chapter 15 beginning at verse 21. Let's look together at God's word. Leaving that place... Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. So this is following what we call the great Galilean ministry of Jesus, where around the Sea of Galilee for many months he had healed and cast out demons and fed 5,000, fed 4,000, done all of these miracles, preached to crowds that overwhelmed him, and now he has withdrawn. Uh, he withdraws probably to rest. Uh, he needs a vacation. And he withdraws maybe to train his disciples in a private place because we're now less than a year from the cross in the story of Jesus. So he withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. That's modern-day Lebanon, just north of Israel. And as it is today and it, as it was then, it's outside of Israeli territory. It's Gentile territory. And he's going there where he's not as well known to get away, and he withdraws there. And in Luke's parallel count, I mean Mark's parallel count, read one verse uh, to you from, from uh, Mark uh, chapter 7, verse 24, it indicates that Jesus did not want anybody to know that he was there. He was trying to remain anonymous so he could rest and be with his disciples. Mark 7, 24 says he entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. And so a woman found out that he was there, and she came to him. It says in verse 22, a Canaanite woman. Mark calls her a Syrophoenician woman. The point is, she's a Gentile. She's not a Jew. He's in Gentile territory, and this Gentile, non-Jewish woman comes, and she came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, Matthew 15, 22, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. So elsewhere she calls her my little daughter. This is a little girl, and she's possessed by a demon. And this mom is coming. Jesus, please help me. Terrible thing to think of a little girl who is demon-possessed. The devil wants to destroy you and destroy your kids. That's what he does. And he'll appear as an angel of light, 
but you need Jesus in your life. You need to turn from the works of the devil because this is what he wants to do. He wants to destroy. And this little girl is being destroyed, and she comes and asks for Jesus to help. And Jesus, at first, ignores her because he's trying to be on vacation. He's trying to, he's, 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 and he's, he doesn't want to do this. And it, she keeps on um, Mark's gospel says she kept on asking him. And the disciples, it says in Matthew chapter 15, verse 23, Jesus didn't answer a word. Maybe, she's, maybe she comes to the gate and she's knocking on the gate in the courtyard. They're trying to eat. Jesus, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. And maybe she follows them when they go and get groceries. Please, please help me. And at first, Jesus didn't answer her. And his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. She's just driving us crazy. Would you, would you get rid of her? And so Jesus says, he answered her, verse 24, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. So Jesus' strategy, now he comes to be the Savior of the world. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. But his strategy is, as it says in Romans 1.16, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And his purpose here when he's here is to convince that he is the Messiah, the promised Messiah of Israel. When he sends the twelve out on a mission trip, he says to them, don't go to Gentile villages, just go to Israelite villages. That's his strategy. He first must build that base. And so he says... I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. But verse 25, the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. Here's the first thing we see about the attitude that Jesus blesses. The attitude that Jesus blesses is perseverance. Perseverance. If you give up easily, you'll miss the blessing of Jesus. Maybe you're tempted to give up in your Christian life. Maybe in your prayer life, you've been tempted to give up. You've been praying for something for, or for someone for a long time, and it just doesn't see any, seem like it, anything is happening, and, and you're discouraged. And I would have you to, to see the attitude of this woman. Her perseverance brought her the help, or is going to bring her in a moment. We're going to see the help that she needs. Jesus told us in our prayers to Keep praying. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Let me read to you from the Williams translation. And it says, keep on asking and the gift will be given you. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. Translating a tense in Greek that indicates continuous or repeated action. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 1, it tells us that Jesus, uh, uh, or excuse me, in, in the, um, uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it tells us that, that Jesus told a parable that we should always pray and not ever give up. So the first attitude that we need to cultivate when his help is persistence, perseverance. If you're praying for something, you keep praying for it until you die or until you're sure that it's not God's will. Now, it may be like Paul. He prayed for the thorn in the flesh for a while, and he became convinced God's going to gain glory through me. This is not God's will. He prayed for a period of time, and then he realized God wasn't going to remove that thorn in his flesh. You may come to a time when you realize that something you're praying for is not God's will, but until that time, keep praying for it. And if you're praying for something that you know to be God's will, such as revival, such as the salvation of the lost friends and, and neighbors, don't ever quit play, praying for that. 
Say, God, as long as I live, I'm going to pray for this. And the attitude that experiences God's help is that attitude of persistence and of perseverance. Well, Jesus, in verse 26, replied to her in a shocking statement. He said, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, that's a little surprising to us that Jesus would say this to a woman. He's speaking there of Jews and Gentiles. Jews were viewed as children of God, and the Gentiles were viewed as dogs. And dogs were not like your lap dog and your little foo-foo that you love and take care of. Dogs were, in this culture, primarily scavengers fed on carrion. You know the story in, 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 that Jesus told of the, uh, of the beggar and the dogs came and licked his wounds. Remember that story? These are not, that's not a compliment in any sense. It's an insult. Jesus said, it's not right to take the children's bread, I'm here for the lost sheep of Israel, and give it to the dogs. Wow, if he said that today, we would be so offended. We live in such a, a culture of offense that everything offends us, and we're so easily offended. And when, when you offend me, then I cancel you. And then uh, if you're not offended by what I'm offended by, then I cancel you for not being offended when I'm offended. And we wear our offense as a badge of honor, and we, we just cancel everything and everybody, and we're so sensitive and so, uh, man, that's, that's a culture of offense that we live in uh, today. And we got to worry about how, what we say and everything because it's so, everybody's offended. And then Jesus says, I don't want to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. Wow! This lady, though, she didn't get offended. Look at what she says. If Jesus' statement is shocking, hers in response is shocking as well. She said, yes, Lord, verse 27, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She accepted the comparison. Okay, I'm a dog, but you know, dogs do get crumbs that fall from the table. Why was she not offended? i tell you why, because she's desperate. When you're desperate, you can't afford to be offended. She wanted help from Jesus. It didn't matter what he called her. And she was too desperate to be offended. And so she humbled herself and accepted that comparison so that she might gain his help. Here's the second part of the attitude that, that Jesus blesses. The attitude Jesus blesses is humility. And if you are offended by God, you'll cut yourself off from the blessing of Jesus. You, you see this, there'll be things that happen in your life that maybe you don't understand the ways of God and you're tempted to be offended by God. Let me show you the context of this, and I think it helps us understand this story even more. Look back, every text has a context. Look back at Matthew chapter 15. Earlier in this same chapter, beginning in verse 11, and Jesus is speaking, the Pharisees had criticized Jesus' disciples because they didn't ritually wash their hands, they were unclean. And Jesus said in verse 11, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. And the disciples came to him and said, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? The Pharisees, you see, were offended by Jesus not going along with their traditions and, and that offended them. 
But this woman gets called a dog, and she's desperate enough to humble herself and not be offended by God. You get the contrast there? And Jesus is saying we can either be like the Pharisees that are, are so sensitive, or we can be desperate enough that we'll be humble. We go back a little farther, get the context a little bit more. Back a couple more pages in, in Matthew. Jesus was at Nazareth, his hometown. And again, I'm just sort of picking up in the middle of it, but it says, Matthew 13, 55, they said, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? When, uh, where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. They, we're not going to listen to somebody who grew up here among us. We saw him as a little kid here in his village. They took offense at him. And again, you contrast that setting. The people of Nazareth, he, could, he didn't do miracles there because they took offense at him. The Pharisees didn't get what, from, from Jesus what they needed because they took offense at him. But here's a woman who says, I'm too desperate to take an offense. I'll agree with your comparison, but give the dog some crumbs from the table. The attitude that Jesus blesses is humility. So there'll be times in your life when there are things in the Bible, especially in our offensive culture, where we just so tend to take offense that you'll be tempted to be offended by some of the ways of God. Maybe it'll be something in the Bible that offends you. I've had people say to me, I can't believe in a God who in the Old Testament would slaughter all those nations and command they be slaughtered. I, I just can't believe in a God like that. So that you're, there's something you don't understand about the way of God, something in the Bible you don't understand, and so you're not going to receive his help because you're offended by him. Uh, one of my sons teach, helps teach Sunday school class at Brentwood Baptist Church in Nashville. He called me last Saturday night and said, hey, I've got to teach. It's, it's Juneteenth. Uh, the the, sermon, the uh, lesson is on slavery, and I've got to teach on slavery tomorrow and why the Jesus didn't condemn slavery. And there's some people who are, and we sort, of, we sort of tried to walk through that of what the Bible teaches about slavery and, and how the principles of Christianity undermine slavery. But, but what he was saying is there are people who are offended and don't want to believe because slavery wasn't outright condemned in the New Testament. I'm saying there'll be things in the Bible that you don't fully get. And you're going to have to decide, am I offended by God? There'll be some people who are offended by the followers of Jesus, by the church. Oh, I can't. I'm not going to, uh, people like, act like that and call themselves Christians. And I, you, you understand the thing here? And so some of you are offended because you've been hurt by somebody who claims to be in a follower of God. And you've taken offense at the whole thing because of that. Or it may be in some of the things that have happened individually in your life that God has allowed some tragedy in your life and you don't understand that. And how could a good God allow that? There'll be things that are hard to understand. And you've got to decide if you take offense. Let me show you how you come down on that. In John chapter 6, it says in verse 61, aware that his disciples were grumbling about this. Jesus had just given them some hard teaching. And aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to this, does this offend you? And then he said down in verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And you, do you want to leave too? Jesus asked the twelve. In 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and know that you're the Holy One of God. 
Here's the example to follow when you don't understand the ways of God and you're tempted to be offended to him. The disciples were, were grumbling about the hard things Jesus said, and, and he said, does this offend you? And many people then left. Jesus, who had had all these big crowds, they start to thin, thin out then, and Jesus said to the 12, are you going to go too? And it's like Peter says, we don't understand this. We're tempted to be offended, but you have the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to go? And that's what you need to think about when you're tempted to be offended by something you don't understand in the Bible, by something that's happened to you, or by something that some other Christian has done. Do you believe he has the words of eternal life? Do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? Yes, there'll be lesser things that you don't understand, but Peter said it well when he said, we're tempted to be offended, but you have the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to go? And that's where I stake my life, that I follow Jesus. I don't understand all of his words and everything, but I, I believe he has the eter- words of eternal life. Where else are you going to go? This woman was blessed because of her humility and her failure to be, to be offended. And so, in the final verse, back in Matthew chapter 15, verse 28, in the final verse, Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed at that moment. The attitude Jesus blesses is faith. If you do not believe, you'll not receive the blessing of Jesus. Put it together, and the attitude that this woman had that was blessed by Jesus was persistent, persevering, humble, desperate faith. That's the attitude that Jesus blesses. Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. There are only two times in the Bible that Jesus said to someone, you have great faith. And both of them were non-Jews. Both of them were Gentiles. The other is in Matthew 8.10, where a Roman centurion came and said, I have a servant who's sick would you heal him? And Jesus said, you want me to go home with you? And he said, hey, I know how it is to give orders and take orders. I know you can just say the word and it'll happen. And Jesus said, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. In the Gospels, great faith comes from unexpected sources. And by the way, Jesus said five times the phrase little faith, and every time it was in reference to his disciples. Where there should have been great faith, there was little faith, and where there should have been little faith, there was great faith. In the Gospels, great faith comes from unexpected sources. These two unlikely Gentiles are the only two people Jesus said, you have great faith. And, it was, and it's often true that way. The people who ought to be able to believe don't, and those who are unlikely believe. In Jesus' day, the Pharisees, who had all of the background of the Old Testament, all the religious training, largely didn't believe, but prostitutes and tax collectors and other sinners believed and came running to Jesus. Why? You get desperate, you'll get humble, you won't be offended, you'll put your faith in that one who can give you help. Even today, oftentimes, those of us who are church people, who grew up in church, don't have great faith, and ex-cons come with great faith. Why? Because they're humble and they're desperate, and we don't do it because we got all of our stuff. We don't, we're not desperate. We don't need Jesus. And today, did you know that while Christianity is growing only marginally where it should be growing in the United States, where we have the Bible and we have seminaries and we have so many great churches and we have so much 
availability that we ought to have great faith. But in Asia and in Africa, Christianity's booming. It's like this woman of faith from unexpected sources. Can I tell you just a couple of statistics? Every day, 20,000 Africans come to faith in Jesus Christ. Africa was 3% Christian in 1900 and now is over 50% Christian, according to Vision 2000. Korea in 1900, there was no Protestant church in Korea. Today, Korea is 30% Christian with 7,000 churches in Seoul, Korea alone, some of them with over 1 million members each. There are currently 60 to 80 million Christians in China with between 10 and 25,000 converts a day, according to Open Doors. What I'm saying is, faith still comes from unlikely sources. Unlikely sources. Pharisees got offended. People in Nazareth got offended. Americans, we don't need Jesus. We got stuff and vacations and, and entertainment. and we, We're not desperate. We don't need him. But in other parts of the world where they are in the position like this woman, people are running to Jesus. You might be an unlikely candidate for great faith. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe you don't have any background. Great faith comes from unlikely sources. Today, if you get desperate, if you'll say, I, with persistence and humility, I will put my faith in Jesus, that's the attitude that Jesus blesses. Would you bow with me in prayer? Oh God, forgive us if we are like the people of Nazareth who take easy offense, if we're like the Pharisees who get our feelings hurt and miss you. Forgive us if we have become complacent in our luxury and our money and our air conditioning and all the things that we're so blessed with that we are not desperate enough like this woman who with persistence and humility put her faith in Jesus. May we be like that today. I pray, Lord, for people here in this building who have been praying for something or someone for a long time. and Maybe there's somebody sort of tempted to give up. Maybe there's somebody tempted to give up in the Christian life. I pray, Lord, that we'll be like this woman. I pray, Lord, that there'll be those of us here who would humble ourselves in desperation and say, I need, I need God in my life. I've made a lot of excuses, taken a lot of offenses. I just need him in my life. Oh, God, we want to put our faith in you for the prayers that we're praying are for the hope of eternal life right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand together with me? You're having the time of invitation. Stand with me, if you will, while we sing this song. If today you want to come and pray, you want to come, maybe you prayed for some things and uh, you sort of quit praying for them. Maybe today you want to come and kneel here and just say, I renew my commitment to Jesus Christ. I renew my perseverance in prayer. Maybe you want to come today like this woman and humble yourself. You don't understand everything about Christianity. You decide the big question, does he have the words of eternal life or not? Don't understand all the Bible, don't understand all he's done in my life. Does he have the words of eternal life or not? I'll not take offense. I put my faith in him. Maybe today you'd come and be saved. You could walk down one of these aisles and meet me here. And, and so a counselor will help you. We'll pray with you. Maybe you want to join our church. This is our time to respond to God as he speaks to you. Let's pray together. Let's sing together. Sing this with me. Praise the Lord. 
Appreciate uh, the service here this morning. Thank you, Dr. Cox, for that message. Just want to give you a couple of reminders here from the worship guide. Um, if you're interested in being baptized at the lake baptism, please uh, let Dr. Cox know or one of us uh, know at, uh, coming up soon so we can 
get be planning for that. Also, if you are a, a 18 or older, if you're a man, if you're interested in going on the men's ministry backpacking trip, um, this trip is going to be a three-day, two-night camping, hiking trip on the Appalachian Trail. And so if that interests you, come. I'd love to share you more details about that and, and uh, what that trip's going to look like. I think it'll be a great time and be a lot of fun. And so come be a part of that. Uh, as we close in prayer this morning, I want to remind you a couple of things that you can be praying for over the course of this next week. We had a team leave uh, earlier this weekend to go to Guatemala, and so continue to pray uh, throughout this week for the team in Guatemala. And also, our high school students leave tomorrow morning to head to Ohio, and we're going to be serving uh, there this, this week at a homeless shelter. And so please uh, be in prayer uh, throughout the week for these two teams uh, from our church, uh, one in Guatemala, one in Ohio, that are going to be serving this week. And uh, it be a great blessing for you to be able just to be praying for uh, the conversations we'll have, the work that we'll be doing, the unexpected things that, that will come up, I'm sure, throughout the week in Guatemala and in here that are in Ohio that we uh, won't even be able to anticipate. And so be praying for those two teams uh, throughout the week. As you're exiting the doors, if you're, uh, again, if you're a guest with us, if you filled out that guest registration card as you're exiting the doors, as you head down to your left, our lead pastor, Dr. Cox, will be there this morning, and he's got a small gift for all first-time guests, and so if you don't mind to turn in that guest registration card there, you can do that. And as you're exiting, uh, another a form of worship is, is just to give back to the Lord for the many ways that he's blessed us, and so you can drop all tithes and offerings there in those two boxes there on the back wall as you're leaving. Let me close this out in prayer this morning. We invite you to stay and be a part of a connection group. Um, you can find out information there at the welcome desk as well. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you uh, for today and just pray, God, that you just give us great faith in you. And we, we pray that you uh, see that out of a, a humble heart, a heart that perseveres to, to just uh, pursue you with, with all of who we are. Lord, we thank you for um, these two mission teams that are going out this week. I, I just want to pray for the team in Guatemala. Pray, Lord, that you uh, just use them in a, in a mighty way over there this week and and uh, allow them. This is a kind of a medical trip, and so we pray that uh, that they be used in a great way through through the many people that they will be able to minister to and see. And so, Father, we pray uh, for them. Uh, we pray also for the high school team, for the 45 students that are going to be going up to Ohio, for those that are going to be serving um, at the homeless shelter. We pray, Lord, that you uh, just enable us to, to represent you well, to serve you mightily, and, and uh, to do uh, great things in your name. God, we thank you uh, for the opportunities to be able to serve you in these two places this week. Uh, be with us this week. Help us uh, just to honor you in all that we do. Lord, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I will go